Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Alves, and kicking things off for us tonight, the brand new single from Always. That was Pharmacist album announcement earlier this week, and that new single dropped hand-in-hand with that. Uh, Speaking of album releases, next week at CCFM, Onalu is releasing Diamante, and uh, coming up after this next song selection, my interview with Onalu. This is Cis Lopez, who played the new music night, uh, Manitoba Music, at the Goodwill with Sin Mi. Uh, keep it locked. Got lots of great new music and a great interview with Onolu. i 
Artist Ono Lu's latest record is Diamante, and uh, she's set to play a live show next week. But before that, she joins us here on the show. Welcome, Ono Lu. Hello, Michael. Thanks for having me in your show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I, I first started receiving some of the singles off Diamante months ago and, and played some of them, and uh, so excited to finally get a chance to, to talk to you about the whole record. Um, is it just kind of like the nature of kind of building up towards a record these days that you, you're supposed to do like a, a single at a time for a few months to kind of oh, yeah, build up to it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of the way to get uh, more exposure for it. Um, you, you know, now we artists, we can have like a relationship or sort of a connection, more fluent connection with fans through social media. And by releasing singles, you kind of like establish uh, a tone for the whole album and you create expectation and you also get constant feedback from people and and also for you know the streaming platforms they like the algorithms like that you release music frequently mm. so if you if you kind of get the whole album out at once 
maybe some people won't find out about it. The algorithm is not going to prioritize all of the songs. They will just prioritize and kind of expose one of the songs. Um, so it's a mix of things. And I think it's also, it sounded very strange to me. I didn't do like this my first album. But doing it, by doing it, I kind of understood the value and I... And I love it. I, I, I have loved doing that, like releasing. I, I think I released seven singles before the full album. And I've really enjoyed all that process. Yeah, I was trying to look back. I think like November of last year might have been one of the first singles that I played. Yeah, I actually, I did one, uh, two singles at the beginning of the year in March and May, I think. And then I started in November, December, January, something like that. Right after the other building up to the um, to the album release you mentioned getting feedback via social media is that like helpful as an artist or is that maybe not necessarily <laughs> no, the best thing? No, like not 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 like feedback like musical feedback okay, you should uh, arrange differently or stuff like that mm. but feedback in terms of like love you know and that that motivates you to to keep making the big effort of doing everything that surrounds the release of an album um that it can get uh lonesome and mm. very tiring um but releasing these singles in between and seeing like at the at that moment how it affects people in a good way how they enjoy it how the, it moves them um it it kind of gives me more um, momentum to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. That's so what I meant by feedback. Not doing it in a vacuum or just like mm -hmm. at least exactly. hearing some people that they, they appreciate oh, yes. your music. Oh, yes. It's so important to connect uh, through the pandemic. I've like, I've always been like a very people, a person of my friends, my family. And, and in the pandemic, I started doing these live shows every week on Instagram. I've, I am doing them still. Mm. And that has helped me so much and I've, I'm understanding more and more the value of, as you said, not being in a vacuum, right? Of getting that uh, constant um, connection with others and that people are feeling the same things I'm feeling maybe or there are lots of people who are at all times and that what I do can affect others in a positive way and what others do constantly can have an, a positive effect on me. Does that interaction, I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, you're not looking for feedback on like chord changes or things like that, but does it yeah. affect you creatively? Like thinking about kind of social interaction, does that impact music? Um, no, I don't think like the music per se. I think that comes from uh, my, my depth, you know, a deeper place inside of me. But I do think that connecting with people and, and the relationships I develop in my life that changes me and makes me grow and makes me sometimes wiser, I hope. And that informs my music. Right. But yes, that like that indirect connection. Right. Let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you're from Buenos Aires. Uh, you studied there, but then moved to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Yes, Was that's right. The like focus of your studies kind of this similar to the music that you play now, or is this something that's kind of a oh, divergent yeah. pathway for you? No, no, it is. Like in Argentina, I studied classical composition, which wasn't at all really what I wanted to be doing. I didn't know at the time. I just went there because I knew I wanted to 
study to do music and that was like the best uh, like academic thing that was available to me mm -hmm. but then um i found out about berkeley and and getting a scholarship and that i could go there like my husband had studied at berkeley and he kept telling me like you have to try and go there it's going to change you it's going to change your life and that's really what berkeley did for me because i i found like the artist i am today i think that happened at berkeley um it's like <laughs> brutal like in all senses like the exposure you get to cultures and to the most vibrant side of making music um and it, it was a very intense period but it helped me to find the, this voice the voice that i have today before berkeley i was writing in english funny enough mm. in buenos aires and it was more more like rock and jazz but when i went to berkeley Eventually, it, doesn't, it didn't happen overnight, but I started connecting more to my roots, to the music I would listen growing up, the folk music of my country and from Latin America, and remembering all these that I've been exposed to my whole life. And then and there, I started writing in Spanish and I found like the, the freedom I, I was looking for in making my music. Was it something about kind of stepping outside of your, your home country that allowed you to kind of look at it and then yeah. realize, oh, maybe this is this is something I should be doing instead of kind of moving away from it? Yes. I don't know why that ex happens exactly, but I, I've heard of many people having the same experience. Maybe it's because we get nostalgic about our country and our people and our culture or... Or I don't know, it's, or it's maybe like I, I kept learning and I kept searching and I kept uh, longing for the feeling I wanted to have when I wrote songs and when I performed. And maybe being at Berkeley exposed me to the right element so I could f find this right path for my crea creativity. Hmm. I don't know what was exactly, probably all of those things. It's never like one thing, right? Was music prevalent in your home? Like, did your parents play music or like w play records yeah. or? Yes, a, a lot. Like, my dad is a lawyer, and my mom uh, stayed at home, like looking, uh, taking care of us. Mm -hmm. But she's an amazing singer, so I grew up like listening to them. My my dad plays guitar, so they would always play, and my mom would sing, and they would listen a lot of to a lot of music at my house. It wasn't like a musician's home, but there was certainly a lot of music uh, going on all the time. Um, and they, they uh, I, I, I took guitar lessons when I was five and six years old. And I think that also planted like the seed in me of, of this, what that I'm doing today. Um, was it Argentine folk and, and like music of the time that they listened to or played? Uh, yeah, Argentine folk. Argentine folk, um, yeah, and through my, that, my dad and my mom, they would listen more to Argentine folk and also like Mexican songs, you know, boleros, mm. um, maybe some, yeah, Latin America. And then I, I was the fourth of five siblings. So through my older sisters and brother, I would find out about Nirvana and the Beatles and uh, rock bands from Argentina. So I had kind of those things uh, coming to me all the time and that's also I think something that has been a constant with me and is maybe counterintuitive for a musician 
but I've I've always like known new music through what other people show me or through what I learned in going to college. I'm not someone who is looking for new music and finding out new music on the platforms and stuff. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of music either in my everyday life. So you're like a social listener. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm like a social listener. Or, or yeah, I enjoy a lot. Of course, I enjoy music a lot. But um, I like I only find out new music through other people. And also many of the things that I do every day, like I can't be listening to music in the background because I'm thinking of music or composing or so it doesn't allow me to be listening to music. Right. Well, the reason I asked about the whether your parents listen to like Argentine folk or whatever is that I think sometimes as, as like teenagers, we often kind of go through a period where we maybe reject our parents' things. Oh, yes. And, right. and whether, you know, you had to kind of in in part because you, the timing of moving to Berkeley was, you know, that young adulthood where you start to kind of realize, oh, maybe some of the stuff that I listened to my parents listened to wasn't terrible. Oh, yes. And you, oh, yes. you kind of come around on it. Yes, exactly. There's like this rebelliousness that we go through as teenagers. And, and I think I like when I entered that stage, I moved apart from all that, all those roots. But then as I was studying music and understanding about music and appreciating lots of new music, I also like uh, sooner or later was like, oh, these things, are, this music I was listening to my whole life is pretty amazing. Mm. <laughs> these composers are pretty amazing. So I went back to that. And and then I also think it's there's something like in my soul, I don't know, because I I grew up there and in, it's because it's the music of my parents, because I, I do find like a more genuine, I think, um, thing in my art when I am closer to those roots. Right. So when it comes to rating, uh, recreating the music on Diamante, like, are you starting from a place of rhythm? Are you starting a place of lyrics? What's what are the genesis of those those songs? Uh, I can always, I can't never, no, I can't, I can't never move away from lyrics. That's what I love most, mm. you know, writing the the lyrics for the songs. Um, but some songs are born out of a, something a little like a, a chord progression that I sat down and did on the guitar. And then I record that and then I start like singing on top of it and trying to, to see what words or what, or what emotions um, come up. And then I start writing. Other times, it's just I am writing a thought that I'm having. Uh, and then I am, okay, there's a song here. So I start like writing and giving it the form of the verses and rhymes and stuff. And after, only after I look for the music that can help that song be what it needs to be. Mm. Um, so it's, it's always different. Like I don't have one particular uh, process I, I follow. I, I, I use a lot of, you know, the voice memos app on the phone and uh, a lot of sitting down with my guitar. Um, but yeah, it, it, it varies. So, I mean, that the album itself varies in terms of like kind of tempo and, and stylistically. Is that because you're trying to find the thing that best matches the, the lyrical yeah. story yeah. that you're trying to tell? Yes. And that's always kind of happened to me since I... Even when I was writing in English and it was more like rock and jazz, but I would like have these songs that would change the genre in the middle of the song. It's I've, I've always been, I think, like extra curious about different uh, genres and rhythms and harmonic progressions. And and that happens 
naturally like in when I'm creating a song and then when I am producing it uh, I, I think I, I don't think like how is it gonna match with the rest of the songs I'm just focused on this particular thing that I just wrote and what it sounds like where it needs to go and I'm going more and more for that to my Latin American uh, roots uh, and I always find there the right rhythm the right uh, instrumentation the right melody mm -hmm. so the the music on Diamante like is it all from one period of songwriting or had you any had any kind of like older songs that you dusted off and brought no, back? It, it was it was one period but it was a long period because mm -hmm. it, it was after I released my first album at the end on at the end of 2015 Mm. So it's the songs I wrote over a period period of five years. I, I mean, I wrote more, but I didn't put them in the album. But these songs I wrote over a long period, and it was a very, the most intense period of my life because I moved to Canada, because I I be, I had a son. I have a son. Um, I had like uh, the illness of a sibling that was very hard on me. So many me strong experiences happened to me so i think this is a special album because of that like every song that is in there is so personal to me it it makes me remember and and feel and reminds me of of things that i've learned and i want to apply to my life um but yeah it's one one only one period of writing but a long one. <laughs> right. Now you said there were songs that you didn't include that you wrote during that period. What what were the decision-making factors that, you know, certain songs didn't make the cut? I, I just think I, I chose the songs that I thought were better crafted and that and that I and that I loved the message more. Uh, like all the songs that I finished that I said what well, this song is ready is because I really feel like I've done my best and they are good. But I couldn't, like, I this album has 12 songs and it's already, like, a lot. So I guess I chose the ones that I that I thought were better songs, that people would enjoy more. Right. Because I, I do think about that a lot when I write. I, I'm thinking about how the other person will receive it. I, I, I have this fantasy in my mind that, that I, I, I want people to sing, to feel, to dance, to be moved by the song. So that's very important to me. Does that come from the place of like your your exposure to music a lot of the times is from people sharing it with you? In like so you think about your music being shared in that way? Yes, I think that's part of it and also I think it's because that's there's such an important role music had in my life growing up. I think it has helped me to move through life in a healthier way. It's it's meant like a survival thing for me many times to process what I was feeling. Uh, so I think that from there comes most of my, my motivation for doing this professionally and getting music out there. Just the, the illusion of, of contributing myself, some songs that can do that for other people. Mm. Well, you, you have your guitar in front of you right now as we're talking, and I'm wondering if maybe you can play a song that expresses that or, or, or you know the, mm. the processing power of song if there's one in particular that comes to mind that you could play oh yes uh, many come to mind this album is full of that let me think um, okay I'm 
thinking of two. Okay, I'm gonna go with Saber, which means to know. And it's a song about um, after this very hard period in my life where I suffered a lot because of the illness of a sibling and it was a very intense period for me and my family. And I understood and I experienced to a new level the importance of, of those people who are so noble and so loving that will be wh where they are needed and by your side even when it's very hard to do that and when it's at their own uh, expense of their comfort or their money or whatever is needed, but they will be there. Um, so I wrote this song dedicated to those people in my life. Uh, I'll, I'll say a little, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm about to start and I don't. But <laughs> since it's in Spanish, I will tell you what the chorus says in English. It's to know that you're by my side, even if the skies are falling. To know that you're not afraid of the storm. To know that if luck forgets about me for a while, to know that I can count on you. Okay, now I will start the song. La noche está sin luna La lluvia baña la esquina y al viejo farol La soledad agazapada me hace señas Se ríe siempre en mi rincón Estás dormido al lado mío, ángel tranquilo, te miro y me haces pensar que si te tengo conmigo se aliviana mi pesar. Cuántos reveses del destino sufrió mi alma callada y siempre te encontré. Al lado mío compartiendo lo tuyo, haciéndote mío, siendo mi sostén. Los cuentos de hadas llegan siempre a un final feliz, pero en este mundo no es así. Cuando la vida me quita, me sostiene solo a mí. Saber que estás conmigo aunque se caiga el cielo. Saber que no te asusta la tormenta, mi amor. Saber que si a la suerte se le olvido por un rato Saber, saber, saber que cuento con vos Daira, daira, daira Daira, daira, daira Creo que perdí hasta la insolencia de imaginarme también perdí las ilusiones inocentes de un equilibrio que dure y así entendí que solo queda resignarme al destino cierto que todo cambia porque sí y siendo dueña de nada me sostiene solo a mí saber que estás conmigo aunque se caiga el cielo saber que no te asusta la tormenta, mi amor. Saber que si a la suerte se le olvido por un rato. Saber, saber, saber que cuento con un lugar al lado tuyo. Donde el miedo no me alcanza, donde mi alma descansa. Saber, estás conmigo aunque se caiga el cielo. Saber, no te asusta. 
tormenta mi amor Saber que si a la suerte se le olvido por un rato Saber, saber, saber que cuento con vos Que cuento con vos Que cuento con vos Daira, Daira, Daira Está claro que mi casa está con vos Que no se rompe esto que hay entre los dos Daira, Daira, Daira Daira, 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 Daira That was Saber um, one of the songs from the album. Yeah, one of the one of the singles we've played the the yeah, studio version on on the show in the past. Yeah, that's right. And this uh, maybe I chose this song. Oh, my f microphone fell. Uh, it's I think it's my favorite song from the album. Um, I, it, it happens. <laughs> I have a favorite song from my first album too. Hmm. And it's not that musically I think it's better or anything, but it's because of what it makes me feel when I sing it. And I just love it. And it also has a little bit of tango in it. It's kind of a mix between bolero and tango. It has elements of both in there, maybe a little jazz too. But I do love tango and I think it, I love singing it. And it brings up something inside of me that, I don't know, I really enjoy. Does it take, to, take you back to when you first wrote it or the feeling you had initially creating it? Or is it just that it's like a pleasant experience to to perform it what's what makes that it's, it's pleasant to perform it because of i think the, the tango thing it has but it also it, it makes me think of these people and and i don't know i feel I, i guess like the joy that i feel of having these people in my life it also reminds me a bit of the hard moments too but not in a in a sad or not with anguish uh, i don't know mm -hmm. it just maybe the comfort that I found and, 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 of, and it makes me think of these particular people. So I, I guess that's where the secret lies. <laughs> right. When you perform, like, do you kind of go back into the headspace that you were when you wrote a song or is it like where, however you're feeling that day maybe shapes how the song sounds that particular evening? No, I don't go back to when I wrote it. I, it kind of, it makes me connect to how I feel about that right now. Um, Because I write I'm mostly songs that talk about what I think matters to us, about the experience of going through our lives. And, and I, I think about, I write about things that I, I've, I think I've understood or learned, like lessons, life lessons. So whenever I sing them, it, many times it serves me as a remi reminder of maybe feeling differently or, or moving, shifting my energy at that moment. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it makes me, it doesn't bring me back mm. to the, when I wrote them. It, it's like a present experience every time I sing them. And so it brings up different things every time I perform them. Well, speaking of every time you sing them, you've got a show coming up. Maybe give us the details <laughs> of the show. Um, so the show is next Thursday, July 14th. 
at CCFM, the Antoine Gaborieu Hall. I hope I'm pronouncing that close enough. Uh, and uh, tickets can be bought at the door or on my website. Uh, there is the onalu.com uh, shows, the show sections. And I, I'm, it's going to be great. Some of them, like I'm going to be accompanied by one, some of Winnipeg's finest musicians who are all also on the album, uh, Roddy... Muñoz, Papa Mambo, uh, Victor Hugo Lopez in guitar and Cuban tres, uh, Gio Funier in bass, and two WSO musicians, um, Chris Fensam on trumpet and Emma Quackenbush in cello. So, and my my husband and partner in crime, he's also going to be playing percussion and melodica, and we are just. We have such special arrangements for these live uh, versions of the songs with these amazing musicians. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're going to be recording the show too, and I, I, I don't know. It's just a it's a big celebration for me and uh, a way to celebrate all this effort that mm -hmm. we've done in putting together this album and also celebrating all that happened in my life in these five years that that gave me these songs and and just being here having survived and learned and and found so much happiness in music in these five years i think this show is a celebration of all that so these are the players that are on the record because i was going to say i mean it's it's a beautiful song to hear sever stripped down but uh, i mean there's 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 more to it on the record oh yes yes i i'm i'm very proud of all the uh, all the versions from the album and we did I co-produced them with Julian and we just <laughs> now we look back and we're like oh my god we put so much effort on each of the songs as if they were like the only song we we're gonna do in our lives but now that we've done it I'm so happy we did because the result I think is it's beautiful and, and people are enjoying it and and I think more people will enjoy it because there is just lots of love in there and that comes through. Mm. Before I let you go, another, I want to get you to pick a track off Diamante we can play the, the re record version of. Okay. And if you have a reason why you're picking that song or an anecdote about it, I'd love to hear that. Okay. Um, okay, we can play Sonriamosle a la Pena. Uh, so do you, did you understand that? Yes, <laughs> I do. And in fact, mouthful? I think that's the one I played first, like back in November. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. Sonriamos uh, la pena. That's even a hard word to say in Spanish, but it means let's smile at sorrow. And it's the first song I wrote when I moved to Canada in 2016. Um, it, it, it was a time very much full of sorrow for me. I was very uncertain about moving here. Uh, I had initiated the immigration process like three years before that. And by the time it came through, I, 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 I was in Argentina and there was a lot going on there with my family. So it was hard to, to come here. And, and, you know, the first year, like no one knows I'm here. I don't have friends. It was a hard time. Mm -hmm. And but this song, I wrote this song out of that very uh, challenging moment. And it's about uh, not resisting whatever sadness uh, nervousness or anxiety is present at any time uh, because it's part of life and there is enough room in in our hearts in my heart to feel that and also feel happy and also feel peaceful I, I used to think I think before that that I thought happiness was the uh, the 
absence the the, uh, um, the lack <laughs> happiness was the lack of any worry or any anxiety or, or any nervousness so whenever I would feel those things which is very often I would feel even worse and I would try to solve this and that would create so much so much tension in me mm. and at that time I found out that if I didn't do that if I didn't resist these things if I just um, embrace and open my heart to feel those things when they come up it, it's so much easier and they move through and there is also then room to also be smiling and happy and dancing the chorus goes like um, let's smile at sorrow let's invite it out to dance I don't sit down anymore to wait for a better day there is no better day than today let's smile at sorrow so I, I don't know that's the a little bit of the anecdote and also like um, the co the choir, the people that's singing there, they are my friends who are, live here in Winnipeg. They are from Cuba and it's a whole family. They are um, like three kids, their parents and the two grandmas who were mm. visiting from Cuba. So they came home one Saturday night. I have a home studio and we had dinner and they were recording the vocals, each one of them here and we had a, an awesome time. So whenever I listen to the album version, I don't know, all that love, that, that makes me smile. And written written and when you were feeling disconnected or alone and then recorded with a bunch of new friends. So that's, yes, that's a yes, lovely that's trajectory for that song. Yes, I haven't thought of that, but that is so true. So that's why I, that's the song I would pick for you to play today. Perfect. Well, we'll give them that a listen. Uh, next week, next Thursday, Onolu, uh, thank you very much for taking some time to talk. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful summer. <laughs> Ando con las alas caídas, me pasa seguido, no te voy a mentir. Tiene cansada esta pura fuerza, fuerza de resistir. Por la calle en el tren, sea de noche o de día, veo en otras caras este mismo pesar. Y tanta insistencia me hace pensar que hay otra cosa para intentar. Sonríamos de la pena.
fabric, made that shit classic. That shit ain't average, we did. Who did music, made that shit language? African branded, we did. Who took movement, spirit included, made it a movement, we did. Who's the origin straight from the soil and then redistributed? Who did?
Just a sweet The table is prepared for you. I'm wishing you got speed. Glory, there will be mountains you won't move. Still, I'll always be there for you. How I do. I let go of my climb on you. It's a free world. Sometimes, but still you have this place to call home. Silence of the years. 